What is your sway factor? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make the show? And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you. Uh, it's a, a wonderful spring day here. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. We're going to talk about branding today, personal branding, employer branding, and we're going to talk about something called Sway Factor, which is a trademark uh an idea, a concept, I guess, uh, that my guest today uh, will be presenting uh, and letting us know about. Uh, this show, I got to say, it's, it's probably more uh, about me today, <laughs> my personal needs. I know I need uh, some serious help with the branding. It kind of screwed my brand up by mixing entertainment and business. And uh, it's come up a lot lately. It came up this morning with a, a lady who has a business uh, topic uh, presentation, and she wanted the 8 p.m. slot. And I tried to say I'm trying to learn from my lessons here and not mix the two. Do the business at 1 p.m. and do the entertainment at 8 p.m. And uh, so it's really important that you kind of drill down and, and establish your brand. And I'm thinking about actually splitting the brands. So hopefully I'll learn a lot from my guest today. And, and maybe she can help me um, figure out my, my how to fix a brand that you've broken. A whole different part of a, a, a topic that we didn't even consider we might be talking about today. Before I bring her in, I got to quickly uh, talk about my sponsors today. Today's show is brought to you by FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital is a business lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. You can get, uh, you can apply online in 60 seconds and there's no effect to your credits to see how much you can get. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. Get the best funding you can qualify for because their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. They provide unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, or bridge loans. Uh, they work with real estate startups, as I mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really simple. You just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. The links are in the description, and I do appreciate you patronizing our sponsors. Now, uh, Simadal has uh, many titles, international speaker, corporate trainer, virtual instructor, author, uh, but just one mission, to show business professionals how to market and sell themselves. Her early experience as an award-winning B2B marketer paved the way for Sway Factor, which, again, is a trademarked uh, concept, groundbreaking personal strategies that empower and inspire professionals to stand out, stay relevant, and be in demand. Be, uh, be it a keynote or a virtual classroom, she's helped Thousands of people catapult their career, drive sales, and retain top talent by unleashing the, pers the power of personal brands. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Simit Dahl to the MindDog TV podcast. Simit, welcome. Hey there. Thank you for that very rousing introduction. I love your intro video, and I don't think your brand is all that broken. Let me just say that. 
Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that. I'm just, I know it comes into conflict, and when people want to do the business stuff late at night, especially the the entertainment portion that I, I have, uh, you know, I meant to always keep them separate. 8 p.m. would be for entertainment, but I'm too much of a nice guy, and sometimes I when people who are business-oriented want that uh, slot in the evening, it, it turns a lot of the entertainment people off. So what I'm thinking about, and I, I hate to make it all about me right from the start, uh, no, but it. what I'm thinking about is actually splitting the brands. But, and I would love to get uh, your input on that. But be, let's save that for later if we can. Tell the audience um, basically uh, a little bit about yourself, background and all that stuff so we can establish, uh, you know, <laughs> A foundation for the conversation. Sure. I'm just excited when anybody says my name right. It's Sima, like Sima down. And that's been a challenge for me my entire life. I'm a recovered corporate marketer. Never really felt like I hit stride in a corporate setting. And today I'm on my own teaching people how to market themselves. So I work with corporate go-getters who want to make a name for themselves in the industry and the enterprise. I work with sales teams, business owners, anybody who wants a competitive advantage for their career, their job, their sales, their profession. And I love it. I love it. The truth is I was a shy, awkward, self-conscious kid out of school. I could barely walk chew gum and, you know, tell you my name, let alone what I did or what I wanted to do. And I quickly saw that was holding me back. So slowly but surely I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And I learned the what, what we now call personal branding. You know, then we called it leadership. We called it sticking your neck out, speaking up, taking a risk. But today, that's what it takes to get more of what you want. So I learned by doing. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, I help others fast track their, that- their personal branding. I I, uh, I think I have a similar background. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with the, I read yours. <laughs> so, but um, so this idea of personal branding, though, where do we start to to brand ourselves uh, personally? I mean, it it sounds like a great concept, but getting started is is uh, I think the hardest part of this. Understanding how we build our personal brand. Can can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Listen, you could come at it one of two ways. Are you, what do you, what do you do in that you don't want to do anymore? <laughs> right? Like, I, you know, my first job out of school, my official title was secretary. And I was like, I got a, a really <laughs> expensive, you know, college degree in my back pocket and I got to affect some change. Um, so, you know, I remember getting my first business cards and asking if they could read marketing assistant instead of secretary and the personal brand <laughs> campaign began. But you know, in other terms, who are you selling to? And corporate people get really freaked out. Well, I'm not in sales. Yes, yes you are, we, we all are. Who needs to buy into your story so you can do what you wanna do more of? You can get ahead, build internal champion stakeholders who see you in a higher place. So. Really simply, what's the job you want and how do you market yourself into that role? What's the ideal client buying from you? What services, what problems do you solve? And and if you're not enjoying the work you're doing, well, then that's a whole different podcast. Right. I, I get it. So, but here's the thing now with personal branding with, and coming from a marketing uh, background myself, I mean, uh, I understand the power of niche 
for an organization. But, but in person, uh, for your personal uh, reasons, I guess it would be called specialization or, or niching down is part of that. How important is that to build your personal band or build this, be a specialist? Or can you be a, uh, I guess, a multi-varied uh, person and still build that as your brand? Because that's kind of the challenge I'm, say, I'm facing here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's there's a role for you know. I was just talking to I um I tend to attract a lot of marketers into my life because like you, I spent the majority of my career in marketing. Thirteen of those twenty years in high tech with the slow complex sale. So those are my people, right? They're slow complex sales. And this girl says to me, you know, I'm re-entering the workforce. It's been fifteen years. I raised my family. I did odd jobs. I did some volunteer work. You know, how do I position myself? I said as a generalist. There's a need for that. Companies of a certain size at a certain stage of growth need a marketer who can wear all the hats. Now, that being said, if you're one of 30 brand managers in a giant organization, well, that's not a brand. That's I'm just like all the other 29 and nobody really is. So what part of your job, what part of uh, your job description, what lights you up? And then there you do need to bring that part of your story forward as a means to differentiate. But there's nothing wrong in having a foot in entertainment and a foot in business and honoring the boundaries you set, <laughs> mind dog. That's and right. Just no is a complete sentence. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you just hit on absolutely the uh, actual, and congratulations for getting right to right to the point. <laughs> I, I understand that I need to be a stronger uh and set those boundaries more, more uh, stringently. Uh, but so is that part of what you do uh, when you're consulting with people? Do you give them the hard, honest truth like you just gave to me? Is that part of your job and your role? You know, uh, that's a loaded question because the truth is I don't know any other way. What I would say is, listen, if you're the one woman in the organization and there's 10 men and you're always called upon to get the coffee and refill the water and whatever, like what you permit persists. So there's a there's a, a challenge there that you have to face head on and it won't go away by looking the other way. Uh, I'm always inspired by people who make room for themselves at the table look there's no chairs you can sit on the back wall or you can say excuse me and 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 get the seat at the table so that's really what we have to do and i i work with people who can handle the straight talk <laughs> because otherwise i'm going to take a lot of your money it's going to take forever and you're never going to see results right um so <laughs> that that's i agree that that's the best approach but you know i think in in a lot of uh, ways people like me i know the message i know the message and, and i need a good a swift kick in the ass to get myself to actually uh follow through sometimes uh, as an entrepreneur anyway so i'm thinking do you are you actually working with solopreneurs and and people who are running businesses for the for themselves are you working with teams or uh, you know in bigger companies what is your what is your personal niche uh, demographic that you work with <laughs> And herein lies the conundrum of it all. My niche or niche, as some say, um, I, I call go-getters. And there are go-getters everywhere. There are go-getters in the enterprise, right, trying to get ahead, get the promotion, you know, do, do more work, vibrate at a higher level, like really find career fulfillment. 
There are those people in sales, those people own their own businesses. You know, the corporate play is interesting. I just wrote an article about this uh, this morning. I published it because you have your top talent in the enterprise and they get bored and they get frustrated and they don't tell you. They leave. They quietly leave and you can't figure out why you're having this kind of turnover, this employee churn, because they don't know actually how to have the career management conversation. And if we teach employees how to market themselves better, they'll stay longer. They'll find more rewarding work. Salespeople need to know how to position themselves as experts. Who wants to buy anything from somebody who's like a jack of all trades? Nobody, right? So this whole idea of positioning to the buyer, to the stakeholder um, is true for everybody and I'm still struggling to do it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, as you're talking about that, I'm seeing myself in a, a, a position I was in seven years ago, uh, and, a small company, about 55 employees, just over what the, the definition of a small business is, uh, and run by a, a family group, but, um, they had a huge amount of turnover and there was a lot of reasons for that, but I thought the biggest part of that was not connecting with the people that were on the, uh, and understanding their people and understanding who they really were and what they were differently motivated by and what their different goals were just not really connecting with the people below below them is that what you're talking about when you talk about uh you know decreasing uh turnover is that basically what, are we on the same page with that I'm actually looking at the flip side of the equation what does the individual do to drive those conversations and awareness Okay. Right? I mean, there are people who help uh, small businesses, medium-sized businesses with customer, uh, employee engagement, rather, uh, culture, those kinds of things. And you can do all of that and still have the individuals who have no understanding of how to market themselves and raise their visibility and have a tough conversation that says, look, I love the work I do here. I love working here. But you know, when I look in the next 18 to 24 months, here's where I want to grow. How do we together make that happen? Because while I grow, so too will the business. That win-win outcome. The employees uh, have to, have to meet you in the middle. Uh, that That's interesting because uh, I think part of the problem, what you're saying is the uh, <laughs> the employee or the person who wants to, wants to make a difference needs to take that initiative. A lot of times there are red tape and bureaucracies and all kinds of things uh, where uh, especially if you're just beginning out and you're, you're uh, on your entry level or just above entry level where you're working yeah. uh, and you want to make that difference, there's a lot of roadblocks in your way and, and or obstacles. How do you get that first conversation started where you, you want to explain, you know, your goals and what you need and what you want to get out of it and what will, what will keep you uh, productive and happy in that organization for as long as you, they need you to be there. Look, look you got to pay your dues. You can't start working someplace and three weeks later say you're ready for a promotion. And there <laughs> is a generation out there that's like, where's my award? I was on time today. You know, no names. But that's just not how it works. But before you exit the organization, it's worth exploring where you can grow within especially if you like it, if it fits well, the benefits meet your needs, there's salary opportunity on the table. So and it's really more about being in a leadership role in your life, in your profession, because the days 
of other people grooming you, noticing your your skills and saying, you know, we really ought to, we ought to do something with Sally Ann. Sally Ann's a bright star. Okay, well, Sally Ann stands up, but what are the other hundred people in the department doing? Right. So you have to jockey for that visibility. Build your intra-company network. You know, same too with a business owner, a salesperson. Be the expert. Show up as the expert. Let others know you're the expert. And it's you know it's full court press. <laughs> you know, but within reason. Most people. Let me let me net it out for you. Most people are afraid of being that blowhard, chest-beating braggart, and instead do nothing. You know, the antidote to being an, a jerk is not to do nothing. It's to just trust yourself and do something. That's funny. I'm laughing at myself as you're, you're saying this stuff because, first of all, uh, my experience in the corporate world has been the opposite of what you described. I come in, can, yeah, I, I've only worked for one, like, really, really big corporation. Now, at the time, it was in the uh, 90s to early 2000, and there was 27,000 employees at that time and a lot of, a lot of executives in, in the whole bit. But I ended up, I hired myself. I literally hired myself. I walked in off the street and started working. And before they knew what to do, I started sending them bills. And then they decided, well, this guy's billing us for work he's doing. We might as well put him on. And within six months, I was a supervisor. And when, within a year, I was a uh, a director. And then a, a, uh, ended up a junior vice president in um, about 18 months uh, from the day I hired myself. So, uh, you know, it was a, how to succeed in business without really trying, but I was a bluster, <laughs> full of bluster and telling them what they needed to do from day one. And that, the gorilla in the room, I was definitely that, you know, 800 pound gorilla coming in and saying, you guys, you're just not doing this right. You're doing it all wrong. And the more I would do that, the more I would make my superiors feel stupid <laughs> the more uh, they would want to promote me. But here's Stop the problem. giving this advice right now. <laughs> no, it's not good advice. No, I understand it. But it, it led to a big problem. And it, the problem is where we, we started this, where the, the employee has to go to management and say, this is what I need, not what you need from me. Because they were promoting me to places I couldn't turn down the money, but it was not the position that I wanted to be in. So it was kind of leverage to take something I didn't, I knew that was not going to make me happy, not going to keep me productive. And in the end, it's what forced me out the door. And it, it, being somebody who really helped the, the company in a big way, and I'm not saying that just because I'm full of ego or any of that stuff, but it's actually documented too. But it, it, it pushed me out the door because I was getting promotions I did not want. I didn't want any part of it, and they were not right for me, even though uh, the upper management just kind of kept pushing forward. They wanted to you know, eventually be a senior vice president or a president candidate. Right, <laughs> uh, right. and it's hard to turn down the money when it's in your – I mean, it's hard, and I, I get that. But ultimately, you weren't happy. So, right. you know, when you hit pause and you take a look at what makes you happy, what brings you joy. I did a similar thing. I took jobs at progressively larger, uh, you know, technology companies. I was working for uh, one of the top 10 largest global software, independent software companies in the world, uh, you know, for, for a good, good fee, doing good work, getting accolades for it. Not really happy at all at all. And that's when I started doing 
you know, my side hustle freelancing. And it was through the freelancing work that my business was born. So ultimately I found my way there, but you know, those, of, those of us who have lived those stories like you, Matt and myself, we can help others to be more intentional about the path they follow. Right. Um, so is there any difference between personal branding and employee, uh, employee branding, uh, that, that makes a difference in what you teach? It's, it's a great question. So the, the personal brand is the story that we tell others. The employer brand is the story an organization tells potential talent, you know, to build their talent funnel. And the, the interesting, the most interesting part for me is when a progressive organization understands that by leveraging their own staff, the right now, the way they are to attract top talent, they win the talent game because people want to work with bright people. Oh, sure, you might have a huge like company name and be you know famous or whatever. You know, maybe you want to work for um, your favorite beer company or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you get into the job and the people around you are schlubs <laughs> and you're not learning anything, you're not growing anything, you're banging your head against the wall, like the company brand isn't going to save you. You're going to opt out. You're going to bounce out. Whereas we know, studies show that top talent, like-minded talent, hang out with people who would also be a good cultural fit for your organization. So hmm. why not turn your employees into brand ambassadors for the firm? Give them the tools and the power and the training to look good online, promote open job positions, get the get the referral fee, and, and put them to work. Because we're all, what are we, two to three degrees of separation from one another these days? Why you you can 10x your talent pool just by having employees post that you're hiring over just using a recruiter? Got it. So, yeah, let me ask you this because this is what in my in my head as you're saying this. Uh, because I do I agree that you want to be part of a, a good team where everybody you you have confidence in everybody every one of your teammates. Uh, in building your personal brand, when you're deciding to take a position, uh, that seems to me that you should put a lot of research into the talent that's already there, the talent, because you don't want to join a, a last place team that's rebuilding and you be, you, you don't want to be the all-star walking in the door, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have people who like the manager's hiring and you look the manager up on LinkedIn and they look like it's a struggle to get out of bed in the morning. Like, how is that exciting to me? As, right. a, as a potential new hire, like maybe you should look like you care about what it is you do and how you move the needle and express that. It makes it so much easier to have people go, I can really see working for a leader like you. Right. So uh, when you mentioned LinkedIn profiles and um, how much did, and I, we'll, we'll talk specifically about LinkedIn in, in a moment, but how much does social media in general, uh, I'm thinking the answer is a lot, play into the uh personal branding motif <laughs> <laughs> motif nice i uh, yeah. <laughs> i think uh, i could tell by your giggle that was that was a fun one i i all right i think it matters i don't think it's it's matters more than anything else but your let's just say linkedin profile right forget twitter and, and facebook and instagram and whatever all else you're doing but your linkedin profiles indexed by google so if I look for you, 
I'm going to find it. And I want, I want to read about you in a way that I'm so excited to meet, connect, partner with, work for, sell something to you. I, I want you to jump off the page. Your story is fascinating. You're fascinating. People, you wake up that way. <laughs> it's not effort. You're fascinating in that you're a human being. So this reticence to let other people know who we are and what we do. You know, people feel it's bragging, but I think it's an act of benevolence. If you don't let others know how you help and how you serve, those people can't benefit from that which you know best. Gotcha. So I, I think it matters, yes. I, I do too. Now, uh, I got my pen and, and my note, note ready. Um, <laughs> can you give me some classic mistakes not to make or, uh, that people make very often on LinkedIn and that I should yes. look for in my own profile to see okay, if I... All right. and, I just, and it's funny because I looked you up recently in preparation for this. And now, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to quick pull it up again, but I'll tell you what I see a lot. I see people cut and paste their resume. Ouch. Yeah. For, if a recruiter wants your resume. So think of LinkedIn as a, think of LinkedIn as a sales tool. Sell me on you and what you do. If I want your resume, I'll ask for it. And then you can give me all that weird bulleted resume speak. Like on your LinkedIn, perhaps try full sentences, use first person and show a little passion. For who and what you do like come on sell me <laughs> yeah I, right? I, yeah um no i i know my linkedin is is um it's not not good i absolutely that's why i'm taking notes and this is why i'm asking this question but it's something that i, I never really thought about as a, as a useful tool i mean up until six months ago when i had somebody on the, the program who specialized in linkedin marketing I was like, LinkedIn's like a wasted social media site. I never got it. And I never thought any people react. I, I don't get how people interact on there. So please, anything else? Be, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's the second tip. Write it in such a way that people who don't know your industry or your field generally understand what it is you do, but yeah. that the people in your industry and field understand what it is you do. You want everybody who encounters your digital footprint to come away saying, wow, that's interesting. Clearly he or she's passionate about that. I understand that that job function, right? Because, you know, if you're in a specialized industry in some microcosm, I was just talking to some folks in the, in the valves and fitting space, very specific, uh, large cab, you know, construction jobs, I don't need to know all that detail to get to get that you're really good at sales. Just let me get that part. You know, we use job titles like um, <laughs> uh, engagement officer or whatever. What is that? Oh, you sell. Right. I say that maybe somewhere <laughs> on the page. Like, right? <laughs> so you know, project manager level three doesn't mean anything to anyone except for where you work, the level twos. <laughs> so it, come on. Is it fair to say I should remove everything that's not relevant to what I want to do now? Because I'm getting a lot of, uh, you know, private messages from there about the packaging industry I, for one year out of my life. And it's still on my resume, which I cut and pasted on there, as you pointed out. Uh, it, I was worked, I worked as a marketing director for a packaging machine company. I get every day, I get hundreds of DMS from people in the packaging food, <laughs> pack, packaging industry about machine stuff. And I, 
I one year out of sixty. <laughs> well, all right. So I recommend people are uh, transparent about their career history. You know, if you've ever heard me speak, you know I've had more jobs than boyfriends because I tell you so, right? And I don't take any jobs off because it's not like I woke up one day and was born into this business. I mean, I earned my stripes. That being said, I don't give a lot of detail for the early career. I give just enough to shore up the story I want you to remember today. So first job out of school, I worked for um, the power tool industry. Let me tell you how sexy that was. Yeah. <laughs> right? The sexy part was like the calendar women. I mean, this was so long ago. Um, anyway, I talk about you know getting my feet wet in, in marketing and learning the importance of networking, which was true and serves me still to this day. You don't need to know that I proofed the copy on the side of the box or all that detail. That being said, if I was continuing a career in marketing, there's two words I would leave off my profile. <laughs> Market research. I hate it, I'm bad at it, I never wanna do it again. So I could love a career as a marketer, but please don't ever ask me to do market research. So you won't find those words on my profile. So it's it's a little bit of both, man, a little bit of both. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because uh, I'm sure uh, there are people that have, you know, things on there like me that are just, uh, you know, soliciting the wrong kinds of uh, interactions. Now, you mentioned networking. What, uh, what do you recommend as far as, because social media is good for that, but it's bad for that. Uh, and, and right now with COVID, it's not like, and, and I don't know what, what, what it's like where you are, but right here, it's not like there are networking events where you can go and press flesh with people. What do you recommend uh, as far as networking and, and how to start uh widening your circle sure but listen if i'm in an online meeting a zoom room a teams meeting whatever with people when i get off of that meeting i'm reaching out to connect with those people as if we were in a shared room pressing the flesh as you said gotcha so i you know you're meeting new people all the time you know i just joined a book club there's six women in the book club i've never met before they are now my linkedin connections because i believe I believe everybody you know and meet, while they may never hire you or buy from you, they're in a position to refer you. If you work it right, everybody is a potential door opener. Oh, yeah. I'm just so slow to get these messages. I've known this for 40, 40 years, putting it into practice, uh, and I see it happening all the time. I see examples of it where somebody I had a brief encounter with led to a, something a, an opportunity that was much bigger that really has nothing to do with that person but it was the the you know uh, transient connections that that came off of That's that right. initial meeting but i see it all the time but i i rarely put it into practice and i think there are probably people like me who you know out there who just i don't want to email everybody i was just in a, a meeting with right because that then we're just starting this email chain don't we all get right? enough emails right have you ever met like a realtor and then the next thing you know you're getting their house listed yeah, like, yeah. i'm not in the market is there some other way we can stay connected in, in each other's streams and that's often social and for me business is it starts with linkedin and, you know and then people say oh i don't want to have my 
my business friends, friend me on Facebook. Like a lot of, there's a lot of story and a lot of thought and I'm gonna have two brands and be two people. And you know what, stop it. <laughs> you can only be one person, you can have multiple interests. And over time people can know your whole story. It's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, like I look at a company like Tide and I grew up with Tide in the laundry room. You know, you, that was laundry detergent. Right. Before there were pods and all kinds of things. And then the other day I saw a Tide truck doing pickup and delivery laundry service in downtown Chicago. And I was like, that makes total sense. I trust Tide by all means, get my laundry and deliver it to me clean. And then just a couple days after that, I saw lockers, like where you dropped off your stuff. They were Tide lockers uh, in this parking garage near the Marianos. And I'm thinking, that's a brand story in evolution. I mean, we evolve as people. We have multiple interests and services. Um, it's just a matter of telling people what you do in a consistent fashion across all the touch points. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Good stuff. Um, can did we ever we haven't yet defined exactly what this term sway factor is? Uh, <laughs> oh, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> but Nobody but what did you make it up to mean? <laughs> right. right. Well, you know, as a, as, a, as a trained marketer, I knew I needed to call it something. I mean, there's a million leadership speakers and it's easier to sell something that has a name than, you know, this weird set of services. So it kind of came from that whole Cosmo quiz, like 10 ways to increase your influence or whatever. Uh, I wanted people to think of being able to measure the way that they gain opportunity, get at bats through the way they behave. So over the years it's evolved, but today it's your sway factor is the degree to which you behave in a way consistently that has others know who you are, what you do, and what a good lead looks like for you. So Matt, for you, it could be a great entertainer for your eight o'clock slot, because now we're clear, no business at night. <laughs> or it could be a new sponsor for your podcast, something for your uh, for your TV. It, for me, it's an opportunity to, to speak or maybe contribute to a book. Or But when people know who you are and what you do, they'll naturally, it's a human condition to want to serve our network and help people connect and grow. But they have to know what it is you want. That's your sway factor. So if people can't define what who I am and what I what I'm all about, did did I fail in in I in making my brand strong enough? You have an opportunity to hit that <laughs> message harder. <laughs> I, I I get it. Uh, you don't you you're one of these people who doesn't use the word fail. I get it. I just <laughs> well, no. I use it with myself, but I'm not. You know, I don't want yeah, you yeah. to know that. Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. know. We, we teach that which we most have to learn, right? So, um, you know, I love what I do, but I'm always learning ways to refine it, better, better talk about it, sell it, market it, promote it, and um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on uh, the same page as a professional marketer. I hear everything you say, and it all makes perfect sense. And I did all those things in when I was in marketing. And here, here's the thing that I've learned about uh, when you fire your boss. You're not firing your boss. You're asking for 10,000 more bosses because everybody's your boss when you're a solopreneur and you're, you're answer to a lot of a lot of different bosses. So the idea of all, all these yeah. things make sense to me, but in my own personal brand, here's what 
and podcasting is a different thing. And I'm, I apologize to the audience, but I really want to use you for my own personal good. No, gain everybody's today. learning by listening. It's all right. good. Uh, so when I got into podcasting, I kind of modeled this. Joe Rogan, in my mind, is the most successful uh, uh, podcaster out there. And he will have people from a wide variety of, of influences talk about in long form conversation, which is exactly what I wanted to do. I figured you learn from people from a lot of different uh, disciplines and you get smarter and all that stuff. But he completely broke the rules uh, as far as niche and as far as drilling down and all that stuff and the format, all of that. And so I, my part of my thinking was intentionally not play by any of the things that you're teaching tonight because that's what the best guy in the in the business is doing but most of the highly successful people aren't doing what he's doing he's i'm wondering if it's just a um following a guy who who had a a fluky different experience and 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 lucky fluky that's another good one yeah yeah well For those of you keeping score we've got motif and fluky yeah i'll i'll, what if I'll, I'll come up following your heart it's because the brain is not really connected to the mouth. Sometimes these things just pop out. But so what, what kind of advice do you have on that? Is, is, is podcasting a different, um, a different animal that doesn't know where the rules apply and uh, to traditional marketing don't apply here? I absolutely see nothing wrong with saying by day, I interview business professionals and at night, I, I flip the switch and we go we go more entertainment. But I'm the consummate interviewer, podcast host, and I loved Mind Dog, Mind's best friend. I love that. Super easy, you know. Uh, man's best friend, Mind's best friend, Mind Dog. It's <laughs> not difficult to go. Ah, clever. Doesn't take a lot of you know. We're sway factor in the beginning. Um, you know, well, what the heck is that? People are still asking me, but I've doubled down on it. <laughs> I've doubled down on it, and I want you to know that sway or influence or uh, increasing at-bats and opportunities is something you can manifest by being clear to the universe on what you want more of. And I, I hear you saying, I want more really smart people, be it business or entertainment. Exactly. The world yeah. needs to hear from them. I don't see an issue with that. I really don't. Uh, I'm glad you don't, and I, and I don't. I wouldn't think people would, which is why I I kind of presented it that way. But I I know from the emails and stuff, and I also know from numbers when we have a business program that airs with uh, in the middle of the entertainment stuff, uh, you just see the numbers just drop off completely. On you know in the published, uh, uh, you know the, the analytics and all that stuff. So it it's just confusing to me. Well, it's not terrible. I mean, I I, I say this. I I beat myself up i say this as i just hit a new milestone of a hundred thousand downloads of a single episode with within two days of publishing that's a lot of downloads that That was tommy chung Uh, i knew you were gonna say tommy chung and i was like who doesn't want to hear from tommy chung yeah right so i mean so i beat myself up but you know a lot of podcasters are are killing for those numbers and not doing it it's just you know i come from i have a high expectation of myself and, and i'm really concerned I'm brand conscious. And I think that's part of what, where we, this has to start, right? You have to be conscious of your personal brand to, yeah. before you can start building it and, and improving upon it, right? I, I agree. You know, the other day I read some article from a woman who thought, you know, brand building started in high school 
and you had to belong to the right clubs and play the right sports and get into the right college. And I went, well, I'm really glad I wasn't aware of any of that. I had enough pressure when I was 14, just like, you know, clearing up my acne, whatever. But at some point as a professional who's career minded, who has aspirations, most of us do, it's a human condition. The, the speed with which you want to achieve them can only be helped by a strong personal brand. I'm not unlike you in that I'm a bit of a badge chaser. You know, the Girl Scout sash, get the get the badges. That's why I have all those letters after my name. I'm a certified speaking professional, certified virtual presenter, an accredited speaker from another organization. Like, lest you think I'm not good at what I do, all these strangers <laughs> let me say that I'm this or that or the other thing because I, I never feel like you know, just me telling you what I do is going to be good enough. I've got to figure out different ways to position and differentiate and what kind of market it, Matt, what kind of market is, who do you sell to? Go-getters. Who says that? That's ridiculous. And yeah. yet, those are the people who bring me joy. I like that, go-getters. Um, <laughs> but you're right. And I, you know what? I wonder if it's too late for me. Uh, <laughs> but it's bad. never too late. <laughs> I know. But badges, badges. I've uh, my history. You know, threw away diplomas, and and when I had to go for a job years later, where they required me to show my diploma, I had to write to, write to the university. Right. Yeah, quick, I need a, a replacement. But uh, that's a really important thing that I don't think um, you know. Some people, I at least like me, are just really careless about not putting up your accomplishments and not wearing them uh, on yeah. your uniform. <laughs> People don't put them on LinkedIn. Are you kidding me? You're salesperson of the year. Do you think prospective buyers are, are excited to work with the salesperson of the year? Because you right. know what you're doing. You're going to help me find what I need quickly. Like, let's not waste time. That's exciting. Not right. just to prospects, but also recruiters, also internal staff. Your company acquires another company. All those new hires are looking you up online. What story are you telling them? Right. And then better than your job title. And something else that occurred to me just before this show, I was looking, I got a bunch of emails from people who were uh, giving me testimonials. Somebody on, on, on Twitter said, thank you for consistently putting out quality uh, podcasts and information. And so, and I have hundreds of those from guests and from listeners and I never post them, but would that be part of my social profile? Should I be putting that or on a website or, or how should I, uh, personal testimonials are, are badges of, of, of the sort, right? Absolutely. When I started professionally speaking, I didn't, I didn't get paid, you know, sometimes gas money. Yeah. We'll give you a $25 gift card. Okay, fine. We'll pay your parking and you can get a box lunch, whatever. That's how the industry starts. So I would say, okay, but if I do a good job, I want a written recommendation on LinkedIn. I want an introduction to three people like you who can hire people like me. And, and that assumes I've done a good job, but are you okay with that? That would be my, my handwritten contract, my handshake. And I had an egregious number of testimonials in the beginning. I have more than a hundred because that's all I could get. And that was my social proof. And social proof is powerful. powerful. Right. Good stuff. I, I, I know I'm slacking on that. And it's for me, you know, I, I'm going to sit here and make yourself up. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. 
I know. Well, you know what? Uh, there's a lot to do here. <laughs> not, that's not an excuse. It's just the, the truth. There are, there's a lot to do here. Yeah. No, uh, you know, and you have to let go of doing it all and doing it perfectly. Like, what's the one platform you're going to start with? What are the changes you want to make? What will you stop doing? What will you continue doing or start, right? Stop, start, continue is a really easy framework. Hyper-focus, narrow, narrow goals. You start there and all the rest will wait. It will right. wait. What do you? What is your biggest challenge in, in, in doing what you do in imparting your message to people? What, 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 what challenges do you face? I have a vision to create a platform upon which the world's driven professional go-getters can learn how to promote themselves. That sway factor movement, if you will. So if I'm gonna achieve that, where's my book and the next book and the other book, the companion course and the companion workbook, and it's, it's creating that product, if you will. It's all up here. So getting it out of here into the different buckets that help people on their journey that's my that's my focus right now hyper focus on you know this is a great great conversation people are listening they'll learn something but for folks who miss this where can they get the information right so we're actually this year launching a new website um and i've just revived my newsletter on linkedin people can check it out uh simadol on linkedin i publish twice a month get some tips but i need to do more of that and it, that takes time it takes help support Right. Do, do you have a book? I have written chapters in other people's books, but my book, ask me yeah. where that is. I could just see you on a cover uh, pointing to uh, how to be a go-getter. Um, go -getter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that, that term, go-getter. I don't think I've heard that in a long time, but, it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's very straight to the point. Go get right. it, man. I'll get go. the book done and you'll have me back on my and, TV. <laughs> and, and that's pretty... Uh, when it comes to success, that's really uh, oversimplifying things, but it's it's the truth. I mean, you, if you have to be aggressive and go after opportunities and take advantage of opportunities, because we all know of opportunities, we all kind of uh, sense them around us. I think the thing that separates people who are go getters from the rest of us are they go get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's uh, it's not about it, it's not about learning a whole new way of behavior, but taking what I call thoughtful risk, thoughtful, you know, risk in the room to lean in and weigh into a conversation to speak up, use your voice, ask somebody for 15 minutes of their time, build your network, ask somebody, Hey, who, who do you know who can help me with this? Like, you know, using the people that share the earth with you to chase after your dreams. That's what we're all here for. Right. So, but, uh, and this kind of comes back to your personal story because it, in your personal story, you started off as very shy. You don't seem very shy or introverted here at all. So there's a certain mind shift that has to take place in order for people, a lot of people to make that transition from being you know, quiet and shy to being aggressive and going after what, going after what they really want. Um, the, I mean, I know you're not a psychologist, but part of your job is, is or what you do yeah. is to kind of help them make that, that mind shift adjustment, right? That's psychology. A absolutely. And I, I don't 
say, I need you to be more aggressive because that word in of itself shuts people down. Like I'm not aggressive. <laughs> and, right. But you know, there's this, there's this idea that um, wherever you are in your, in your professional journey, you have a, a body of knowledge, you have a, a, a passion, uh, a willingness to help, to go the extra mile, to raise your hand and say, I got you. I can help with that. All that bits. When you let others in on that, uh, it's again, it's an act of benevolence. When, when we really slow down and think about why we are here on earth, uh, is it to make the world a better place, to help good companies grow, to help more people find meaningful employment, put food on the table, all the things. When you see yourself as part of that story, of that supply chain, this all gets really much easier. It's that we think the story that we start with is what, what have I got to offer? You know, how am I any better? What's, I mean, I'm really just over here doing mail clerk or whatever. And all, all of a sudden you don't feel worthy. So, um, you know, I figured out that by helping others see their worth, telling a different story to themselves, they're then free to tell a different story to other people. That's a, a hard thing because when you're in that place, it's hard to ha adopt self-worth. I mean, you know, you see, you, you we compare ourselves to other people too right. much, right? And so, but we look at our finances, we look at whatever, and if they're not as good as that guy or, or that guy or that guy, and all of a sudden we, we turn it on ourselves. That's a, a tough, uh, that's not really your job, though, to kind of, because that, that's major mental uh, health sure. <laughs> we're talking about now. But, you know, if we just set aside the that story, that we're not good enough, we don't have the right training, money, the credentials, the badges, if we just set it aside and say, what are we good at and who needs it? We just really keep the blinders on, keep the story right there. We can move forward with greater efficiency. What are we good at? Who needs it? Who benefits? You, you have a job because it adds value to an organization. You're employable because you will add value to an organization. You've started a business to add value to people, whatever that is, expressing that value in a way that others understand it, that we can do fairly simply. What about... Uh, hypothetically, somebody who was uh, a professional in one, <laughs> one endeavor for their whole life and then just totally switched gears. Now you're you're rebuilding your authority and your brand and your sway in a whole other area. Like, as, Do you have to start from scratch necessarily when you're w completely, like not, not yeah. just a, a related <laughs> field? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, no, I meet people all the time. And one woman stands out, she spent... Uh, 10 years like in banking, bank teller, I forget what aspect of it, it was but just pretty simple. And then she started her career as a the financial advisor, wealth advisor, and she eliminated the back half of her career from LinkedIn and wouldn't connect with anybody from that part of her life because she didn't see them as in a position to support her career goals now. The truth is people are cheering you on. It's how we're wired. Oh, you've made a career change, a 180? Man, if she can do it, I might be able to do it someday. Because down the line, I always fancied myself a novelist or a professional speaker. When we say, I spent 10 years over here, and I was good at it, but I've always been curious about, decided to pursue it, and today my passion is now 
doing these things. And I bring all this wealth of experience and success with me. I'm a richer man for it. You know, personally, uh, there's nothing wrong in making that 180. I mean, I was a corporate marketer for 20 years. I started my own business. You know, I was just speaking for testimonials on LinkedIn at one point, right? But I told that story simply, plainly, truthfully, and people are like, oh yeah, right. Well, we work longer than ever. We live longer than ever. We have every right to try something new. Yeah, I, I, if you look at the roster of the guests I've had on 450 episodes here, you'll see a lot of people who led at least two lives, some, some yes. of them three or four lives. I yes. mean, we've had people who went from uh, Playboy, centerfold, and model to top, ins- top insurance agent and a guy who was a cop, go to a filmmaker, become a filmmaker. I mean, we've uh, virtually almost everybody has had some life shift at some point. Nobody. Absolutely. We, we, you know, women and, and moms and dads take a pause to, to care for their kids. Um, you know, people have passions that become, um, you know, professions. You know, you see somebody who's maybe selling beach body solutions on the, on the DL, like, you know, for the side hustle at work for them, maybe it'll help others. Next thing you know, they're leading a team of hundreds of coaches across the country and that's their full-time job. You never know. But when we're chasing that, which um, brings us joy and contributing to the to the universe that one two that's that's where the magic is are you always um this positive or or uh because i'm i'm i relate what you do in the kind of show business and i'm not saying i'm not saying that in a negative way when you're up there speaking and so i'm wondering if there's any like negativity that gets in your own head from uh what a performance that didn't live up to what you were or a show or a speech that didn't live up to your expectations. And you walk off stage. Do you ever beat yourself up as I do or as people in the, of course, course. yeah, of course. I mean, um, you know, I find that, um, if you wrote down everything you ever did in life that disappointed your own self, like that list, like that crap list, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but you know what we call that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and then just shred it. <laughs> Everybody's got a list. Um, I <laughs> am getting better and faster at catching myself in that spiral and that negative self-talk, um, but I still have it. I mean, it's a, it's again, it's a human condition. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. We call it FUD, right? I have loads of FUD, but the minute I see it, I have to do something different to let it go. There's no going forward with all that with all that baggage. I um, have been in business a, a long time considering the nature of my business as a, as a speaker and a corporate trainer and the fact that I don't have a dozen books on this shelf with my, with my name on them and in the courses that are up in here. That's a source of of guilt or shame and then what does shame do hold you down right hold you down so if i give myself grace then i can give others grace that's a constant Uh, lesson I, I I have the uh, website going across, scrolling across the bottom, and the link is Thank in the you. description for uh, anybody who needs it. I just so getting started with you, uh, and in these times of COVID, I'm wondering, you know, what do you are you doing any kind of like this kind of uh, interaction or, or you know like online keynote speeches or anything like that? Or oh, uh, a- absolutely! I've actually been delivering virtual content training and whatnot since day one. 
Because if you are a, a large enterprise and you have disparate teams all over the country, you know, bringing them together in the room to experience an individual for a couple of hours, um, it's expensive. So I work with a lot of national sales teams, a lot of disparate corporate high potential employee teams, leaders uh, in a virtual setting. We've always done that. Associations have embraced virtual deliveries uh, and it's my joy to do that, but I'm, I'm itching to get get back to the place where we can, like you said, press the flesh, shake some hands and feel the energy in the room. I miss it. Plus I'm uh, an only child, I'm lonely. <laughs> so how, how does somebody new get started with you? Do they just go to the website? Is there a form consultation? I mean. Uh, yeah, click the link, contact me, let's talk. It's really easy. Okay. <laughs> well, it's different for everybody and you never know. So I always have to yeah, ask. No, I have a 37 page assessment. No, find me on LinkedIn, hit me up on my website. And um, if I can't be of service to you, chances are pretty good. I know somebody who will fit the bill. So just let me know. Uh, what would you say is the most rewarding part of what you do for personally for you? What, you know, that enriches your own life and makes you feel happy about doing what you do? That, that answer is uh, incumbent upon me to set those measurable goals with the new client from the onset. So I'm getting better at that too. How will we know if we moved the needle and then doing the thing that I do and then circling back saying, did we, did we achieve that? Did, you know, do your staff now know how to do this? Do your sales teams now know uh, the importance of that? Are you yourself uh, getting the opportunities that you want? And when the answer is yes, it's my happy place. Well, that all comes back to market research, right? And, and analytics. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but that's what you're talking about. I mean, when you, well, how do you know? How do you know when you've moved the meter a little bit? That's analytics, and that well, that I mean, falls under the category of market research. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> listen. When a salesperson follows my counsel for social selling. And they're getting more opportunity and more referrals and you literally they track where their leads are coming from right and they say more people are saying hey i saw you on linkedin because i'm teaching them to stand out and post something once a week like that, that's done we don't need to get you know the calculator out for that right so um do you feel like you're living a dream i do <laughs> feel like i'm living a dream that's i do good I do. Uh, you know, there's the, the, sometimes the dreams are anxiety riddled. Like the other night where I was, I wasn't graduating high school. What is that? I was still missed an exam or something. Um, uh, but when you when you dream it and you chase it, I mean that's that's really where where life gets exciting. Yeah, that's why kind of, it's definitely part of the equation of what this podcast has been all about. And it, it, briefly, it's just the idea that. Um, because you touched on this a little bit before, just knowing what your purpose is, knowing what your what your uh, why you why you on this planet in the first place. What are you here to do? And I think the biggest part of unhappiness with with people is they don't feel connected to any purpose and not sure what, but they know it's not going to the cubicle they go to every day or right. whatever whatever it is that they do every day and don't know what their purpose is. Haven't asked themselves that question and haven't pursued fi fulfilling that purpose. You seem like you have, and so I kind of knew your answer would be uh, yes to that. But, you know, living the dream is simply just doing doing what you what you think God created you for. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, and I tell you, I've never been asked that, and I wasn't sure how I'd answer it till it fell out of my mouth. But for for people who are doing a job like I build websites, or I increase the amount of time people spend on any particular web page, or I'm a you know a search engine marketing guy, or whatever that is, knowing that your function within the larger organization helps them do that, right? That's the complex B2B understanding of self. You do this, it begets that and onward. And the, and it's often not like I'm here to change the world. People think that their aspirations would be bigger, like they're not good enough. No, right? whatever you do and we're really good at, it's needed here. Right. Yeah, I think you change the world even in, even if you don't realize it. And so we shouldn't, I think most people want to see big changes that the whole world recognizes right, rather right. than settle for one little change and see how, how it makes the world a better place over the long haul and, and through generations and all that. That's so. right. That's right. Great stuff. I hope uh, I hope we've made it down here, and I hope you've uh, helped me figure some things out. I'm going to look at I'm my link. I'm going to go check out your LinkedIn profile. Not today. No, no give, you got to give me a, at least the weekend to get it cleaned all right, up. All right. <laughs> and uh, no, but I do appreciate your time and and the personal advice and. and that benefits me personally. Thank you very much. And I hope we've done a service to you and I hope people will check you out again. The links are in the description at simmitdoll.com. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. You just go there and you'll find your way around. Thank you. Simmit. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. Simmitdoll folks. Uh, Great stuff there. for, And I know it's a little bit too much about me. Let me take this banner off. It's simmitdoll.com one more time while I'm working on, on removing it. There you go. Uh, I learned a lot, and I hope you, uh, <laughs> through me, have have at least learned something you can apply to your own personal brand, personal business, and growth. Uh, and that's all I can say for this program tonight. Uh, tonight we have uh, a singer-songwriter on the entertainment edition, uh, Pamela Hopkins. A singer-songwriter from Arkansas will be with me on the 8 o'clock edition tonight. I hope you'll join me then. Till then, I'm Matt Napo for the Mind Don't Keep You podcast. Thanks for joining me. Have a great rest of the day. Bye for now.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 